0: welcome to the touchdown rundown we talk about the nfl we're doing that on a spooky uh sunday evening it's october 31st and uh the league as a whole i think was a little spooked this week or at the very least a lot of pickers were uh by my tracking methods this was one of the uh, the the, actually the week that featured the most upset upsets at least against expectations uh tony i know you did not fare all that well. I have to get the flex in really quick, just that I did actually have a pretty good day. I went 8-5 and five on the day. Tony, where were you at?
1: I actually had my first losing week this week. I think I went 6-7 and seven on the day. Not a good look. Yeah, I mean, there's still time, though. I mean, we've, got,
0: we've got the Vikings-Cowboys game, and then we obviously have Chiefs-Giants, which maybe, maybe those two can kind of get you back into winning form. I sure hope so. I'm not entirely confident, though. <laughs> Yeah, no, with Dak being out that Giants game, I mean, excuse me, that Cowboys-Vikings game got a lot more interesting. I I think that the Vikings are going to swing and win it uh, now with Dak gone. I just don't buy Cooper Rush, but you're still pretty high on the Cowboys, right? I'm
1: sticking with the Cowboys. I think they have a much more complete roster than they did last year, and they'll be able to rely on that a lot more than they were able to when Dak was previously gone. So here's hoping after today, I probably just doomed the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, that's how I feel when uh when
0: I was picking a lot of games. I personally feel responsible uh for the Buccaneers having like 20 fouls on them in their game against the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's hop into it. So let's start let's start off with a good game, a a good win. It's a sign that this team is back. It's the the Carolina Panthers. Uh they are now 4 and 4 on the season. They got a big divisional win against the now 3 and 4 Atlanta Falcons. They won barely 19-13. They did so Uh, without Sam Darnold towards the end of the game. He left with a concussion in the fourth quarter, and P.J. Walker was called in, kind of like a a baseball pitcher to come in and close the game. Tony, I know you picked the Falcons. I picked the Panthers and felt like an idiot for doing it, Uh, but
1: that obviously is a little different. Now, what was your takeaway from this one? Uh, My takeaway from this one was that you never know with this Panthers team. Last week they lost. They got absolutely waxed 25-3 against the Giants. This week they beat the Falcons, who I think are better than the Giants as an overall team. Uh, and same goes for the Falcons, honestly. Matt Ryan, for the most part, he had a pretty decent day. 20 of 27 is not bad. He had two picks, didn't have a lot of yards, had a touchdown. But his completions were there. Cordero Patterson... Uh, he's been kind of balling out a little bit lately. He had a little bit of a, a lower game today. Nine carries, 35 yards, zero touchdowns, five receptions, 37 yards, a touchdown. So he had a presence. But other than him, there wasn't really any uh, like big guys here in this game. There aren't any flashy stat lines uh, on the Panthers' side either. Sam Darnold didn't look that great. Chuba Hubbard didn't do anything particularly special. Uh, so it was just kind of a, a eh game. It was kind of whoever you picked. You just had the... The lucky you know did you get the lucky the lucky pick of the fifty fifty this week i didn't you did
0: yeah i mean I definitely think that is. Pos, I don't know if I agree with 50-50. You were lucky. I feel like I said that Matt Ryan looked really good the past couple of weeks because he was playing below average defenses. He finally played what I believe to be a good defense. And, you know, he struggled. He struggled for it. You know, you, you can kind of brush off the two interceptions, but those did change the game. Those were game changers. Uh, Sam Darnold did keep a clean sheet. I am a little worried as a Panthers fan that he didn't light up this Falcons defense a little bit more because we've seen, you know, we saw Tua put up 30 on them and And Darnold didn't actually even throw for a touchdown, nor uh, did he rush for a touchdown, which he has done in weeks past. So I'm a little concerned on that front. Do want to give a shout out, though, uh, to the Panthers kicker now, Shane uh, Zane, I should say, Gonzalez. He went went four for four today. He had an extra point on the day, and he actually won this game for the team. He obviously scored more points than the rest of the team combined. So I feel like the Panthers have finally figured out uh, their kicking situation.
1: Yeah, shout out to him, especially in this week. Anybody that watched the games knows that this might be worse than that uh I forget what week it actually was, whatever the week the Packers played the Bengals and there's that that whole thing and the whole <laughs> league just decided to as a as a collective uh group, the kickers all decided they were gonna miss absolutely everything. I feel like they did that again today. Zane Gonzalez was pretty clean, but other than that, it was just a tragedy today. I feel like I lost a lot of games on the the dang kickers. Yeah, no, we, that was week five. And
0: yeah, that felt like a crazy one. I, I don't know what it is about kickers. And speaking of missed kicks, we got Jason Sanders of the Dolphins. He missed one of his field goal attempts. He did not kick an extra point attempt on the game as the Miami Dolphins lost to the Buffalo Bills 11 to 26. The Bills 5 and 2, firm control of the AFC East. Although maybe the Vikings, uh, excuse me, maybe the Patriots are going to have a little something to say about that. Uh, the Dolphins are 1 in 7. Tony Tua, uh, he looked really good in the past couple of days. He had one interception, but I believe that was one towards the end of the game that I really don't think should count. It's kind of one of those Hail Marys because why not passes. Um, but he did. He, I thought he looked fine throughout the game. What was your takeaway for this Dolphins and Bills
1: game? I thought he looked fine on the basis of you're playing the bills who are the best defense in the league. 21 of 39, one interception. I agree. It was kind of like, it was almost like a garbage time kind of pick, if you will, just trying mm-hmm. to get something going towards the end of the game. No touchdowns, which is kind of be expected Tua, So far he's been, he's been good. I think good is what I will, is the highest word I would use for Tua. He hasn't been anything beyond that. He hasn't been absolutely awful either. So 205 yards, one interception. I'll take that if I'm Tua against this team. Other than that, miles gaskin couldn't really get the running game going 12 attempts 36 yards and uh, there wasn't really any flashy uh box scores again on that side of the ball josh allen a little bit different story 29 42 for 249 yards two touchdowns and no interceptions that was pretty good josh allen's seems like he's kind of returning back to form again he's quietly had a pretty decent year uh definitely not quite in the MVP conversation like he was last year he did have a rushing touchdown as well that was cool Stefan Diggs was kind of underwhelming he's been kind of underwhelming all year Cole Beasley had the most uh, receiving yards for him but just a solid win by the Bills it looked a little scary there at the beginning I thought they'd win by a wider margin but they did pull it away at the end
0: yeah no I was definitely surprised by how close that won I think it'll I want to do a little bit of a film study with you uh on our live stream show nflk golf where we should talk about digs because he has kind of disappeared this season he's nowhere near the caliber of player he was last year Yeah, which is uh, great because i decided to pick him up this year in fantasy <laughs> uh yeah you doomed him uh all right let's hop over to <laughs> let's hop over to the next game it's the 49ers at bears uh the 49ers 33 to 22 despite trailing 9 to 13 at the half they had a really solid fourth quarter uh this is of course you know to to your point of oh i picked him up on this one uh i have specific said jimmy garoppolo should probably not start this week and it should be trey lance and of course jimmy g decided to throw uh for about 300 yards and just look really good i believe he had two rushing touchdowns as well uh so kudos to him for that he played really
1: well uh what was your takeaway from this one uh my takeaway from this one was that you need to have uh you need to spread the ball a little bit more so if you look at the box score here debo samuel six receptions 171 yards Okay, that's great. That's awesome. It's great that you have that guy. The next guy, three receptions, fifty nine yards. Now, yes, of course, Debo had some monster plays where he ate up chunks of yards. But you do need to get a couple more guys in here. Mohamed Sanu, he's very capable of making these big breakout plays. Brandon Ayuk, same thing. He's fast. He can make these big breakout plays. Kind of, if if I'm the Niners, I'm thinking if I'm offensively scheming, I want to try to get these guys into the best possible scenarios where they can get these big breakout plays. Cause all of these guys are capable of the big bomb plays. None of these guys are like, like Michael Thomas slant boy. You, you, you don't just have to use these guys in slants. These guys are all capable of the big ball on the Bears side, Justin Fields. He didn't look terrible. He didn't look great either. He had flashes and he had, you know, some bad stuff, obviously, as a rusher, he was that was kind of how he t- opened up this game for the Bears a little bit. That was the only reason they were really in this. As a thrower, he was okay. I kind of like Khalil Herbert as a rusher. Honestly, I'm pretty high on him, and nothing really flashy on the, re- on the receiving side for them.
0: I don't know. I disagree. There were moments where Fields was just like, holy cow, I can't believe that he fell. There's a reason that I pegged him to be the best quarterback in this class uh, over Lawrence because I just, I loved what he did at Ohio State. I feel like he flashed, like, there was a, uh, a, I believe, a fourth and one where he should have probably been tackled about five times and he was able to turn it into a 20-yard rushing touchdown. So he was just, I thought, electric today. I know he didn't look perfect in the...
1: Yeah, his rushing is what kept him in the game. No, for sure.
0: I mean, he didn't look perfect from a passing perspective, but I thought he looked incredibly improved. Like, if you told me that this was the guy they were going to have uh, immediately after the game against where where started against Cleveland, I would have said I'll take that all day and then some. Uh, That's true, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, and the Forty ers are not a slouch defense either. Uh, I do think it's interesting that the Forty ers are now three and one on the road. They are they have yet to win a game at home, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know exactly. It's really,
1: really, really odd because they had that they had that game last week where it was, the weather was so bad. Uh, so I'm glad that they didn't have to deal with that. Yeah. But geez. There was better weather in Chicago than there was in,
0: in uh in San Francisco. How often do you say that? <laughs> yeah, who would have thought. <laughs> now, uh Big Ben and the Steelers, they are back to being an above 500 team. They're 4 and 3. They just beat the Browns uh at Cleveland. It the, the Browns fall to 4 and 4. It was a bit of a rock fight, honestly. It was 15 to 10. Neither team looked offensively well almost i mean that's kind of what i've come to expect from the steelers but you know we had a really handicapped browns team i don't know if there is a whole lot to take away from this one uh what do you think do, do you think there's anything we could really concretely
1: take away uh i kind of agree with you there uh i know you kind of you said that they didn't do well i would say would would you would you go so far as to say that they didn't do boswell get get at their kicker that that got annihilated <laughs> the on that pass pri- attempt
0: the kicker who the kicker who like we were talking about this with the Tampa Bay Saints game because there were some obnoxious penalties in my opinion against you know rushing the passer. I think Boswell needed to have a rush,
1: rush uh, roughing the passer call. That Honestly, was horrifying. Yeah. That was scary and he I mean he really tried he he stayed in there he tried to make the play work and then he got killed by somebody three times his size. It hurt to watch. Uh, I felt bad for him but other than that there really wasn't anything to take away from this game other than I think Baker honestly did a lot better than I thought he would. He is playing with the torn labrum and the fracture in I his say? shoulder. Baker is practic- Baker practically doesn't have an arm. Yeah, <laughs> he, I mean, he, he really, really well does for it. not having an arm. And he took some <laughs> big hits, too, and then he would pop right up every time. Every time he got hit, I expected him to stay down. But he got back up. I think he's the toughest guy in the league. You got Nick Chubb. You got Dernish Johnson. Dernish Johnson's been pretty good. Uh, I'm hoping they can get him a little going a little bit more in the passing game. He did have a drop today. He, DeAndre Johnson actually had more receiving yards than Odell Beckham jr. Take that as you will. Uh, when they get <laughs> when they get Kareem Hunt back i'm hoping this team can kind of return to form again uh Nick Chubb will get better cuz he'll have some rest time cuz he'll have Kareem Hunt and you know of course this whole team's going to get better so i think this is kind of the the Steelers ceiling where this is kind of the Browns like mediocre i'm not going to say it's their basement but this was not a true Browns team versus a true Steelers team this was a true Steelers team versus a halfway Browns team and it was still only 15 to 10
0: yeah no for sure I do think it's interesting your point to OBJ I mean he just disappeared like I haven't seen OBJ I'm looking for OBJ I think he probably there's a picture of him on a milk carton somewhere in Cleveland like he's just completely missing uh but poor guy yeah but I think it was interesting uh there's only one turnover in the game it was a Jarvis Landry fumble uh which TJ Watt recovered other than that the Steelers did have a fumble scare but they were able to recover so, you know, I mean, that was the difference maker in this one and a really tight one. But again, I just don't think there's a lot to take away other than uh, a former NFL athlete tweeted. If you ever wondered what you would look like playing in the NFL, just look at Chris Boswell getting annihilated. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not, yeah, it's, that's pretty it's much not a that's, horrible that's take at all. Like, she got murdered. <laughs> I think I'd get murdered. Um, all
1: right, let's hop over to the next. Unless you're going against Tim Tebow, of course. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, that's a, that's a bit of a callback to me trying to, to blow up on Twitter. Uh, but let's hop over to something that let's hop over to a game that uh, I was going to use murder as a segment, a segue. But this one could be something that Tony should get annihilated on Twitter for uh, the Detroit Lions scored six points against the Philadelphia that. Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles scored 44 points. Tony, would you like to apologize for your horrendous take of the Lions get
1: their first win? You know what? I here's the thing. The Lions came out swinging last week against the Rams. They made it into a game for a bit. And after that game, I was thinking I was I was juiced. You know, I'm a huge Packers fan. I hate the Lions, but I love Dan Campbell. I'm, I'm not totally in hatred of this Lions team. They seemed like they had some energy going. I felt like they were going to get a good win. And I saw they were playing the Eagles. And I was like, yep, this is the week right here. And guess who didn't have their week? The Lions. Why do I ever pick the <laughs> Lions? I should know better. I
0: don't know. You should. It, you watch the it play like awful. twice a year. You should go back every better. single they,
1: time the Lions got the ball. I was thinking like, okay, maybe this will be it. Maybe they'll get a drive going. Nope, never. Didn't happen. I I think for one
0: week, just one week only, you were taken to an alternate dimension where you were a Lions fan, and this could have been your life if you weren't a Packers fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sucks. I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, for no, all Lions fans. does. How do you live like this?
0: Yeah, the state of Michigan with with Michigan losing and then the Lions losing. Michigan had a bad week. Um, Let's look at the the Eagles, though. They actually had a rushing attack that scored more yardage and touchdowns than their passing attack did, which I think is really interesting. They had 236 yards on the ground uh, and then only 114 through the air, which I don't know. Do you think that's a a testament to how bad the Lions' rushing defense is, or do you think that the Eagles have something here in the rushing attack?
1: Well, if it was all in one guy, I would say, you know, maybe this one guy had a great week against a poor defense, but it's spread out between one, two, three, four, five different guys, including a wide receiver who had 21 rushing yards. That shouldn't happen. So I'm going to peg that against the Lions, terrible rushing defense and running defense Uh, on the receiving side. This this is what kind of concerns me uh, if I'm an Eagles fan. Jalen Hurts, he only threw for 103 yards, which is fine because they rushed for everything else. But you're not going to be able to do that against most teams. So then when you go down to the receiving side, your leading receiver was Dallas Goddard. Six receptions for 72 yards. That's all good and dandy. If your tight end's getting 72 yards, that's great. The problem comes when your wide receivers then account for less than 40 total yards receiving in the game. That right there is an issue. So I would like to see them maybe get you know devonta smith more into the game quez watkins he's he he can catch i I don't think he's going to be like you know some crazy wide receiver in the league or whatever but he can catch i like him so get him more going in the game on the lion's side there was not really much to look at jared goff didn't throw a pick i think is the best the best thing that came out of this game
0: yeah i think that that really feels like the only good thing to come out of this game is that they, the Lions didn't make it easier for the Eagles to score points. Like the Eagles were probably looking for 50 and the, and the Lions denied them. Um, now let's go to a game that was a little painful for me. I had picked uh, the Titans, of course, but the model had picked the Colts and the Colts, like they just, I, I feel like the Colts didn't want to win this game. Like, I don't know what Carson Wentz was doing in overtime, but he's not, he's not playing his best football in overtime. The Titans got the win 34, 31. They take a three game uh, lead division, which is massive. They're 6-2 and two now. They're 3-1 and one on the road. The Colts, kind of like we talked about earlier with the 49ers, they have this weird thing where they suck at home. They're 1-3 at home. Uh, any takeaways here beyond the fact that even with Julio Jones gone, this Titans offense has finally kicked it into gear and looks pretty dominant?
1: well, this is one of my better takes of the weekend. Actually, I picked the Titans. And when the the word came out, that Julio was going to be out, I was still pretty confident in, my, in the Titans. I thought, you know, it's obviously going to be closer because you can't lose a guy like Julio and it, it just means nothing. Like that's never going to happen. So I liked how this game ended. I think we were texting, uh, earlier today. And after this game was over, we kind of said cards versus Packers. So far as the game of the week, this was the game of the weekend. This was a great game. Awesome to watch. Uh, it was kind of sloppy, though, on, on both sides. Ryan Tannehill, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Carson went same thing, three touchdowns, two interceptions. Neither guy threw for more than 300 yards. So it was just kind of rough to watch uh, from an offensive perspective. There was a couple times where it was like, oh, this team's going to break the game open, and then they would throw a costly pick or something like that. Michael Pittman had two touchdowns in the first uh, quarter, and then he kind of just uh, disappeared touchdowns-wise. He still put up some decent some okay, decent yards, uh, but nothing too crazy. Titans, Derrick Henry had a, a really, really slow day by his standards. 28 attempts for only 68 yards. That's only 2.4 uh, yards per attempt. A.J. Brown Tannehill had, more, had a better average. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tannehill absolutely had a better average, which is insane to think, uh but A.J. Brown was their leading receiver by a wide margin. He had more rec- uh, receiving yards than all of the other receivers combined on the Titans team. So, again, just get more receivers going. Obviously, when Julio comes back, that'll be a lot less of an issue. But just for now, you don't you don't want to have to rely on one or two guys. You just want to get everybody involved, which I think they tried to, but they need to try a little bit harder. Yeah, no,
0: that's, a, that's interesting. Now, I think the... The question is with the Titans is, right, is their defense. I am genuinely worried about their defense because they've not that they did it against the Chiefs, but they're they're making it really hard for their offense to do well. Like if they don't get that stop against Buffalo, you know, I think the defense might be a bit more of a bigger narrative. But I do think does that defense concern you as someone who, like, said that, hey, this is my AFC pick to win the Super Bowl?
1: Uh yes, it concerns me it concerns me on the front of I no longer think this team is going to be winning the Super Bowl, but I'm more confident in it actually after this game than I was before. Uh solely because Carson Wentz they didn't make it easy for him. Uh usually I would have thought that Carson Wentz would have had a much easier time. Jonathan Taylor's been awesome this year. He didn't have a terribly easy time either. He didn't put up a crazy stat line. They did force Wentz to throw two interceptions, which is uh, you know, before this game he'd only thrown one. So that was that was something to look up to if you're a Titans fan. Like, hey, we forced this guy who has been this year pretty good to be a lot less good. So I think there is something to be said for that.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, a few weeks back, right when Carson Wentz got injured, I wrote an article uh, called Indianapolis, We Have a Problem, in which I kind of laid out the, the issues that the Colts are going to be facing. And I had them, uh, uncannily enough, I had them at three and five as of this week when they, where they would have been in the season. Um, and I said that they weren't going to make the playoffs. Do you think that they're going to look back at this game and say, hey, this is a game we could have and probably should have won and that this game, among others, is another one, one more game that we should have had and it's going to cost us the playoffs?
1: Uh, I I could see that, actually. I don't. If they make the playoffs, it's going to be on a wild card. I don't see them winning the division oh, over this sure. Titans team. At all, There's no way. Uh, I do think this is a very winnable game, but at the same time, I think you could say that for both teams. There was times during the game that this game should have been broken open by both sides. And then, like I said earlier, something crappy would happen for that team. So it's really, it's going to just come down to Mm -hmm. if, like, when these teams play again, who can just play a cleaner game? Because both sides played pretty sloppy and it was this close. So just, if you can just, you know, throw one fewer interceptions, just something, even just some sort of ball protection this is going to be a way better game in your favor uh, just because off of this 34 31 that's a close game if you can reduce one turnover or get one more turnover that completely changes the game yeah it does i mean
0: i, I don't know i i had in the article uh, you can go find it on footballtakes.com i had them finishing at eight nine do you like that
1: record as the finish uh actually yeah, I kinda do. I don't think this is really a five hundred team after what I saw today. The Titans are great on offense, don't get me wrong, and their defense is certainly better uh after today than I thought they were prior. But I don't think the Titans are like, you know, an S tier team in the league. I think there may be a high B, low A team. Uh but if you mm-hmm. if you lose to this team by this narrow of a margin and you're this sloppy against them, you're not gonna be a very good Yeah,
0: no for sure. Uh, let's hop on over to another guy who had three touchdowns and two interceptions, but this one, he did crack 400 yards. Yeah, if you thought that was going to say the name Joe Burrow, you must clearly have just decided not to watch Bengals-Jets like I did because I thought it was so surefire. I'm talking about Mike White, the backup quarterback to Zach Wilson, who apparently should be starting over Zach Wilson uh, if he can just get those interception numbers down. He led the New York Jets to a 34-31 win. That brings the Jets to 2-5. and five. The Bengals are 5-3. and three. So the Bengals just went from destroying the the Ravens to then losing to the Jets is this what are you taking away from this win other than the Bengals must have kind of just felt way
1: too good and overlooked the, the Jets game? honestly Joe Burrow he had didn't have a bad day I'm not really going to fault him too bad for this one interception three touchdowns that's not terrible I don't blame him Joe Mixon does need to get a little bit kind of going a little bit more. He only averaged 2.4 yards per rush. Uh, So that wasn't great. 14 attempts, 33 yards. He did have a touchdown, so that was great and all. But uh, my biggest thing was Jamar Chase was off tonight. He had three receptions. He was targeted nine times. He only had 32 yards. And from what we've seen from him so far, that is so low from what he normally does. He's usually their number one receiver now. Their number one receiver was T Higgins, who had 97. So, You need to get that Burrow-Jamar-Chase connection going again. And I will say, the New York Jets have a sneaky good defense. They have been uh, way better than I thought they would be all year. So I don't want to say, oh, this is the Jets. You should absolutely run right through them. Because they're going to put up a little bit of fight in the defensive front. But then when you flip to the other side, the Bengals' defense was way worse than the offense. It was embarrassing. Mike White throwing 400 yards on you. Mike White, three touchdowns. Yes, you had two picks. But three touchdowns, 400 yards. 37 of 45 his completion percentage was awesome for a third string quarterback that they had out there michael carter averaging 5.1 yards per rush joe mixon should be doing better than that he's better than michael carter i don't know what was going on with them tonight but i think the defense just had an off night and jamar chase did too and that was the downfall of this team yeah i also think that mike white had
0: Probably one of the greatest games of all time as a starter. He joined Cam Newton as the only two players since 1950 to throw for 400 plus yards in a first career start, which is just insane. I mean, and not to limit that too, he caught a two point conversion that helped to seal the game, which is kind of hilarious in in my opinion, just because he was just all over the place. The Bengals clearly had no response. Those two interceptions came very early in the game. and After that, he just never looked back. Uh, and speaking of, of never looking back, the Rams never looked back against the Texans. And it actually went, to, it actually bit them a little bit. Uh, the Rams had a 38 to nothing lead in the third quarter. And then the fourth quarter came and apparently they forgot how to play football. Uh, the Texans scored 22 unanswered. I don't know if that's garbage time and the Rams are just like, hey, that's fine. But the Texans kind of made this a game. Uh, what would your takeaway from this one be, Tony? Other than that, Davis Mills has kind of continued an impressive run as uh, you know, a third round rookie quarterback or a second round rookie quarterback
1: oh what's that davis mills has been better than trevor <laughs> lawrence oh. i did not say that you're putting oh. words in my mouth oh but i said that and i've been said saying that, yes. that all year and i stand <laughs> by that davis mills has been so much better than i thought he would be anybody thought he'd be third round pick came into the league he's already starting he's essentially the third uh string quarterback uh 29 of 38, 310 yards, two touchdowns, one interception against this Rams defense. Now, granted, this is not the Rams defense of last year. They have fallen off significantly, but they are not a bad defense by any means. And I kind of want to chalk up that 22 points they scored to uh, garbage time. I'm going to say at least the first two touchdowns, they were probably like, let's pull a lot of our starters. We're not going to really try that hard. If they want to pad their stats, that's great. I really wish they hadn't because the Rams defense, I started in fantasy. They had 17 points and then they just let them run up 22 and that dropped them to like nine. So that was cool. Thank you for that. But uh, I I just don't – I'm not too worried. Uh, this is the Rams team I expected to see last week against the Lions. I expected them to just absolutely run up on them. And I think this was kind of like – a revenge game for the revenge game. If you will, last week was supposed to be a revenge, revenge game for Matthew Stafford. Then they kind of blew it. Like they won, but it wasn't nearly as awesome as it should have been. I think they were kind of mad about that. And they were just like, you know what? All those points we didn't score last week, let's score them this week. And then they went ahead and did that. Stafford looked great as usual. I think he's still in the MVP conversation. Uh, Daryl Henderson looked great 6.4 yards per er, per attempt 14 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown Robert Woods also had a rushing touchdown then got a couple different guys involved in the uh, passing game Cooper Cup had a touchdown no surprise there Robert Woods had a touchdown no surprise there Daryl Henderson also had a receiving touchdown so he's been a key player for this team.
0: Yeah, I, I'm just of the mindset that David Cully, the head coach of the Houston Texans, he must have had money on the Texans covering the spread in this one. The spread, of course, was 16.5, depending on your book. And at 38-22, of course, the difference is 16 points. So <laughs> David Cully made some gamblers really unhappy today. Or he made some gamblers, I guess it probably washes out. He probably made a lot of gamblers feel very differently than they thought they were going to in the third quarter.
1: Um, yeah, but yeah well, I wonder I if Chase has any thoughts on that one tonight.
0: <laughs> i bet you jace has some very strong thoughts jace is either really rams happy or texans. really mad right now
1: and i don't know which one it is
0: yeah i know i i wrote an article where i had the rams i was like hey the the lions are just a really scrappy team that's the reason that they covered that's not going to happen again this week and of course you know the texans went in the fourth quarter and made me look kind of silly uh let's hop over to the next one though where it was a, it was It was my pick to be game of the week. I, of course, couldn't watch it because of regional restrictions, but I think it's going to be a really fun one to watch. The Patriots are back to 4-4. and Bill Belichick, are they back, Tony? I'm
1: kind of salty about this one because I really did think the Chargers are just going to absolutely blow out the Patriots. I didn't think it was going to be like, you know, Patriots versus Jets, like that kind of a margin of score, but I did think they were going to win by like 20, maybe 21. So Mac Jones... He looked okay. He didn't look great. 18 of 35 for 218. No touchdowns, no interceptions. He was the perfect game manager. He did what he had to do to win the game. And that's all he really needed to do. The defense really pulled through with that pick six on Herbert. That was brutal. Uh, And Herbert, he actually had the same completion uh, completion percentage. 18 of 35 for 223. He threw two touchdowns, but also threw those two picks and also tossed the Patriots seven points. So that was cool. But, I mean, other than that, it was a good game, don't get me wrong, but I don't think this was the Chargers that we're going to get, we're going to be able to see for the rest of this year. I think this, this Chargers team is going to be way better than they showed us tonight.
0: I'm a little bit inclined to disagree just because, according to lineups.com, the Chargers rank 31st in rushing yards against, uh, that they've allowed 975. That has yet to update, so I'd imagine they could potentially fall off to be uh, the, the worst rushing defense in terms of yardage in the NFL. And that's exactly what Bill Belichick did, right? The gameplay was pretty simple for the, the Patriots. They just simply decided, hey, we're going to run the ball. They ran it for 141 yards. They controlled time of possession. They controlled the game, really. And I, I don't know what it is about Belichick and Herbert, but obviously they had that really bad game where uh, last year where they beat the, the Chargers 45 to zero and Herbert just looked like he was the worst quarterback on planet earth uh so I feel like Belichick may have Herbert's number a little bit because again he he got forced into two interceptions now granted one of those interceptions I'm watching it right now on ESPN was absolutely just horrible the the tight end just didn't even know the ball was coming to him he turned around and the guy was already gone um but I, I think that I think Bill Belichick knows how to scheme against the chargers still a little bit. And obviously he was able to attack them and exploit that chargers defense.
1: Yeah. Uh, I I guess the one area that I think really killed the chargers tonight, obviously you had the two interceptions, whatever the one area that they really need to work on offensively for consistency purposes is the third down efficiency. They went four of 12 on third down. In a game where you lost by three points, if you can get, if you can go maybe even six to 12, if you can get 50% of your third downs, you have a very, you have so much of a better shot of winning this game. Granted, they were one of one on fourth down. So I guess they were good there on their one attempt, but they just need to get these this third down efficiency up. They need to get just a little bit closer because if, if you get that third down, maybe that sparks the rest of your drive. That's an extra seven points you wouldn't have had otherwise. And that's even if you get it one time. Imagine if you get it three extra times. So. I think if they can work on polishing that up, this is going to be a way better team.
0: No, and that's a really interesting point that you brought up because the Chargers offense ranks seventh in third down conversions, which is really surprising that they, they really struggled with it in this game. Again, I think that's just Belichick just knowing like, uh, yeah, just knowing how to play that Chargers offense. And so I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, The Patriots, they're four and four. I kind of left them for dead when they were, You know, when they only had two wins to their name. Do you think that this is a team that we could see not taking the AFC West? I think that one is a bit out of reach. But do you think they're a wild card team now, especially with uh, maybe, you know, they've caught up a little bit to the Browns?
1: Well, let's go ahead and look. I have the remaining schedule pulled up. So I do think that they are going to uh, absolutely run on the Panthers. Sorry, Tom, they have that one coming up next week. No, it's earned. (laughs) Earned. I do think that they're going to have a tough time with the Browns. Uh, I don't know what to, uh, Kareem Hunt's timeline is for coming back healthy, uh, but if he's even in the cards on that game, that's probably going to be a Patriots loss. I bet they beat the Falcons. Titans is going to be a tough one. Bills is going to be a tough one. Colts is going to be a tough one. Bills, again, is going to be tough. So they do have a quite a few games in there that are going to be pretty tough, but if they can win those games and get to the playoffs with having you know those high-caliber teams beat under their belt – this is a team that might be a little bit sneaky to go a round or two deep in the playoffs. Obviously not the Super Bowl, but you know, go, go a little bit instead of just going in and out in the first round. Yeah. The model has them finishing at 10
0: and 7. You buy it? Mm, yeah, actually. I, a little I too high I, for you? Or? I think
1: no. that's their ceiling. I could see them getting there, but I would not put them higher than that.
0: Okay. Yeah, no, I mean that's interesting. I think I think they have a shot at the playoffs. I do think it's a little bit harder. Like it's out of their control with the Steelers getting the win. They're you know, so they're now they're at four and three. They're ahead of the Patriots. The Chargers are ahead of the Patriots, uh, by merely only having a bye. Like as soon as the Chargers play Another game, and if assuming they lose, then the Patriots had would have the head-to-head that will get them the tiebreaker. So that game, Patriots Chargers, uh-huh. we may come back to look at that. I know we are super high on the Chargers, Tony. We've picked them to be a, a high-caliber playoff team that game may actually prevent them from making the playoffs. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that as the season goes down. Uh, let's hop over to your Absolutely. favorite quarterback, though. I know you're not a huge fan of Mac Jones. Let's hop over to your favorite guy, It's Trevor Lawrence. You, he's your favorite. He's your highest oh, prospect. He, you think he's going to be better than Peyton Manning, than Aaron mm. Rodgers, than Tom Brady. Yep. Uh, right. So he did not have a great outing. So why do you think he's so good again?
1: Um, well, here's the thing, Tom. I don't. I really don't. I never have, and I don't think I ever <laughs> will. Based off of how he's been doing, 32 of 54 for 238, a touchdown and a pick. It's just he's not the worst. I actually texted Tom earlier in the game, and I said, honestly, after it was after he threw that pick, I said, I think that Trevor Lawrence is a bottom five quarterback in the league, and he's and Tom texted back, okay, what's his QBR? And According to his QBR, he's actually the sixth-worst quarterback in the league. Uh, He is ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, interestingly enough, by one spot, who I would take Jimmy G over Trevor Lawrence any day of the week and twice on Sundays. So I am maintaining that he is a bottom-five quarterback in the league as of right now. This Jags team just doesn't have much going for him. That's just the end of it.
0: I was going to say you also, uh, you win because his quarterback rating is a little, little different than QBR. Like the, how they calculate it is a little bit different. Lawrence then is a bottom five quarterback by rating. So I think you get ah, to take a bit of victory absolutely. lap there. Uh, Geno Smith. He's played really well. I I have been a little bit low on Gino, but to be fair, you know you did point this out to me. Look at the co- the competition he's been playing against. He played against the Rams, the Steelers, the Saints, and the first game he had a really soft defense. He lit them up twenty of twenty four, so he was deadly accurate for almost two hundred yards and two touchdowns. the The Seattle Seahawks have made it right; like they went one and two without Wilson, um, and now they go into their bye. Wilson should be back, or is projected to be back,
1: going out of the bye. The Seahawks three and five playoff team. I I don't know, because here's the weird thing. For those of you that haven't listened to the show before, uh, I have always been of the opinion that Russell Wilson is the greatest quarterback in NFL history through the first seven weeks. And after that, once he has dominated everybody's – he's run away with the MVP at the midseason reports or whatever. Everybody's super high on him. Then he falls into oblivion every single year. It happens every single year. And this is going to be interesting because now that he's missed a couple weeks, I don't know if that's going to translate to he's not going to be, you know, he's going to still make it to week eight or whatever and fall off, or maybe he's going to extend. Maybe it's going to be like week 11 this time, and then he's going to fall off. Either way, I think if this team makes it to the playoffs, it's going to be barely. Gino looked great against this terrible defense. Russell Wilson, I'm assuming, would have just looked that much better. They didn't really have much of a rushing game going, which, you know, not really worried by that. This is a past first team with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett looked like he was going to have his annual 4 million yard, 17 touchdown game that saves fantasy owners everywhere. Uh, he didn't really he have did. that. Me. I, yeah, I guess he saved you. Usually it's a little bit more exotic than this one. He usually throws up a couple touchdowns with it. So hopefully he still has one in the tank and then he's going to go back to mediocrity, uh, after his mega contract he signed this year, that was really worth it. But, uh, yeah, I think he had a great game. I don't think we're going to see that again. DK is great. I think this is a playoff team that kind of goes in maybe a round or two, but that's it.
0: Yeah, that that's interesting. I want to be inclined to say that they're not a playoff team, although the model uh, has them going nine and eight. I don't know if nine and eight is good enough to get them there, but it certainly is good enough to get them in the conversation. Uh, let's hop over to two teams that are definitely not in the conversation. Uh, that is first and foremost, the two and six Washington football team and the now four and four Denver Broncos. I do want to reiterate, uh, the Denver Broncos now have a better record than the Kansas city chiefs, which is a sentence I did not think I'd be saying in week eight, uh, the, the Washington football team lost 10 to 17 on the road. Tony, I know you picked the Washington football team and you were really disappointed with how the game ended, right?
1: Yeah, I was, I hate the Broncos. The Broncos are like my, the Broncos for me are like the chargers for you were the, that's how they were at the beginning. Every time you picked the chargers, they'd lose. And every time uh, you'd pick against them, they'd win. That's the same thing for me. I picked the Broncos like the past three weeks saying, Oh, their defense is great. It's going to carry them through. And the defense sucked. And then I picked against them this year, this week saying, Oh, I've been doing this. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And of course I got a different result this time. So that was cool. Taylor Heineke. He didn't look particularly great. He didn't look terrible for, uh, The caliber of quarterback that he is, this is about what you expect. A touchdown, two interceptions. I was hoping for a little bit better performance from him, but can't complain about that. The one thing that I do think they need to do more is they need to get Terry McLaurin going again. Uh, When he was going, he was awesome. And then this game, three receptions, 23 yards. Yes, teams are kind of giving him a little bit more respect uh, for the caliber of receiver he is, but you got to get the ball to him. Instead, they're getting the ball to J.D. McKissick. He's no slouch, eight receptions for 83 yards. but. Terry McLaurin is, in my opinion, your best receiver you have on that team, and you got to get him the ball more. The Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater looked good. He was accurate, 19 of 26, 213 yards and a touchdown. Uh, their rushing wasn't great. Melvin Gordon did have that fumble that almost cost them the game there at the end. That was terrifying for uh, every Broncos Oh, that Broncos scared fan. me. Whew. Yeah, you picked the Broncos, right?
0: Yeah, no, it was terrifying. I was watching that one, and I was just like, oh, that's nice. I'm going to get a win here, and then he fumbled it, it was like, I have to relive the fourth down in the red zone again. I just survived it and I have to rewatch this again.
1: Yeah. And then Taylor Heineke did what Taylor Heineke does and threw the game away. So that was cool. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, this is just kind of a dumpster fire game that doesn't really mean much yeah no
0: i mean i think the broncos have truly proved it they exist in the four o'clock window to have a horrible game that nobody watches i really what i need to do to, uh, to see this is i need to go in and look at the ratings and just watch as every broncos game performs horribly um they're just not they're have not to. a fun I don't team know who
1: would watch that willingly yeah
0: uh, broncos fans although I, I don't know if that's willingly i Yo, feel like who, the broncos, who are they where are uh, they
1: I've never seen a Broncos fan. They don't exist.
0: <laughs> I think the Broncos fans—they're like holding them hostage. <laughs> the Broncos are holding their fans <laughs> That's hostage gotta be with some is. of those games. It's not—it's not a healthy relationship. I don't think anyone enjoys no. watching those games. Uh speaking of of a game I did not enjoy watching, let's hop on over to our last game. Uh, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they uh, went down and went down in the third quarter. The Saints uh, were able to rattle off a quick fourteen. They actually scored twenty-one unanswered to take a pretty solid lead in the third quarter uh, before Tampa Bay was able to kind of make it a game in the end, uh, but the Saints were able to squeak it out. Tony, I know you took particular pleasure in seeing Tom Brady throw two interceptions and just look silly in that last uh, couple of drives where he threw the pick when he had about a minute 30 left to try and win the game, and of course I believe it was sacked either two or three consecutive times in his final drive before the yep. eventual uh, kneel down for in the victory formation for the Saints. Uh, your thoughts?
1: Uh if I'm a if I'm the Bucks, I'm not too concerned here. I think that we're gonna see a Bucks team a lot like last year. If you remember last year, this team in the regular season, they were good. They weren't great, they weren't gonna win a Super Bowl, and then they got to the postseason and they were awesome. I think that's gonna kind of be what we see here. They're gonna make it in the playoffs. I think they they might win the division. Who knows? Uh if they don't win the division, they come in as a wild card for sure. And then after that, they're just going to heat up. I think we're going to see them make a deep run. I don't know about Super Bowl, per se, because I think the NFC is quite loaded this year. But I do think that they're going to go far. Tom Brady, I don't want to say this game took him out of the MVP conversation with those two picks, because uh, other than that, he did perform well. He had four touchdowns. He had almost 400 yards. His completion percentage wasn't that bad. But it definitely didn't help him. Uh Chris Godwin had a great game, eight receptions, 140 yards, a touchdown. There's a wide margin between him and their second leading receiver who had 65 yards Uh, on the Saints side of the ball. Trevor Simeon did a lot better than I thought he would. I really have to give him props for that because I texted uh, Tom and Campbell in our group chat as soon as Simeon came in. And I said, the Saints just lost this game. Like, there's no way, right? And then Simeon came out. And he didn't. He wasn't outstanding. He wasn't anything crazy special. He was a pretty good game manager, though. He did what he needed to do to keep the Saints in this game. Of course, that last pick six, pick six really did help. That was awesome to see. As somebody who uh, thinks Tom Brady is supremely overrated, but uh, I digress. Alvin Kamara had a a pretty okay game, I guess. Three point two yards per carries, nothing special. A touchdown, sixty one yards. That's not great. That's not terrible either. So it's just kind of, I think he'll, I think he'll heat up a little bit. Obviously you're going against who I think is the best front seven in football. So I'm willing to give him a pass for that, but you know, maybe try to get him a little bit more going into the passing game. I didn't really see him do a whole lot there. And I do know he can catch. He had three receptions for 15 yards. He's capable of way more than that. And yes, you had Trevor a quarterback. But if you have a second-string quarterback, you got to go to your first-string guys to kind of compensate for that. I think he's one of those caliber guys that you can go to, and they just didn't really.
0: Yeah, I I think... One, this is kind of like what we talked about with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and then the Cowboys is that the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had three turnover turnovers and they were unable to force a single turnover, right? If you're in a game and you have lost the turnover battle to that degree, I think that says that you're a better team, you know, than the outing would otherwise suggest. I also think penalties were huge. Like they had 11, the, the Buccaneers had 11 penalties for 99 yards. That's massive. There was a penalty that took away a turn, uh, took away an interception so that could have helped with the turnover battle and the penalty battle, but there's a roughing the passer that I I didn't like the call of roughing the passer. I thought it was a little bit ridiculous. ridiculous, uh but you know what I'm not in control of the game. The Saints only had two penalties for 10 yards. So again, like that I think that's a big difference maker too. Um I am I'm a little bit more aware than you are, I think, just because like Trevor Simeon should not come in and light up a Buccaneers secondary. And I think this game would have been even worse if Jameis Winston was in it because he looked phenomenal. I know he only had six completions, but Tony and I were texting like, he looked phenomenal. He kind of validated us because in the offseason, I think Tony and I were a lot higher on Jameis Winston than most people were on Jameis because he was just such an unproven commodity. And I think that, you know, I would have loved to have seen him get this win against his old rival team that dumped him for Tom Brady. So, I feel really bad for Jameis Winston, but I think the the future is bright for him. And Simeon may actually be a surprise. Like, I think, do you think he's starting caliber? Do you think it's because the Buccaneers didn't prep for him?
1: Uh, I actually don't think it's either one of those. I think if they would have prepped for him, it would have been the same result because, yes, the Buccaneers defense is good. They're tied for 13th in the league right now, according to lineups. But let's not forget that they are bottom five in pass yards, pass attempts, and pass completions allowed. They're actually 32nd and 31st in pass completions and pass attempts. So this is a defense that is amazing in the rush game. They are first in rush yards allowed, second in rush attempts, and third in rushing touchdowns. But in that secondary, we're seeing a lot like we saw last year in the regular season where, you know, that game that Mahomes put up like 200 yards in a quarter with Tyree Kill. We're seeing that caliber of secondary coming back this year. And yes, I think they heat up again when postseason comes through. But as of right now, they have been awful. So we kind of when we say Buccaneers, we always tend to think, oh, the Super Bowl, they were awesome in the Super Bowl. Of course, they are not awesome now. So, yes, Trevor Simeon did pretty good on the stat sheet. I don't think he's a starter just because this is one of the worst secondaries in the league.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a a pretty fair point to make. And that's what I was kind of saying is that's why I'm really worried because if Trevor Simeon is coming in and lighting up your secondary, I think we're going to see more complete teams, more better teams and better quarterbacks continue to do that. So I think that's a really big Achilles heel. And with the the trade deadline coming up on the second, I don't know how they're going to be able to adjust that. It kind of looks like they have the roster they have so I'm a little bit concerned, and I think one, I think this game is going to have massive playoff implications, right? Like because the Buccaneers are now six and two, the Saints are five and two. If the Buccaneers get this, they would have con- a, a pretty solid control of the division. Now I don't think they do. The Saints have uh, already had their buy, so the Buccaneers will have their bye at some point, and the two teams will kind of catch up. But the Saints, the Saints, legitimately have made a case to be the the division front runner now because of the way they kind of just manhandle the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, I do agree. And I guess I just want to throw in there that while the Bucks secondary is terrible and the Saints were able to take advantage of that, most teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. On the flip side of that, the Bucs mm-hmm. are also were dealt with facing the second best overall defense in the league in the Saints tonight. Most teams aren't going to have defenses that good. So I do think that while, yes, the Saints were able no, to take fair. advantage of this terrible defense, the Bucs are usually going to have much better chances of taking Advantage of much worse defenses than the number two in the league. Consistently great in pretty much every single category there is to measure by. So yes, I do think that it's kind of concerning that your defense is, you know, not top tier and not even close really. But at the same time, you put up 27 against the second best defense in the league. So I think your offense is just good enough to compensate against most teams in the league.
0: No, that's totally fair. I guess my concern is that, you know, the Dallas Cowboys... Really good offense, solid defense. Right, the Rams same situation. Really good offense, solid defense. I guess, it, I guess, coming the playoffs, I think the Buccaneers are more exposed than they were last year because I believe their secondary was statistically better by a significant margin last year. So I'm just a little bit concerned there. I guess.
1: Yeah, I think in the regular season they were they were they were I know they were bad in the regular season last year. Uh, it was just the postseason. They just came out of nowhere. So I guess we're just gonna gonna have to bank on. If you say the Buccaneers are going to go to the Super Bowl again, what you are telling me is that you were 100% banking on the Buccaneers just magically showing up out of nowhere mm-hmm. in the postseason, which I can't fault you too bad on because it's exactly what happened last year and they won the Super Bowl. They were not a fantastic team in the regular season. They were amazing in the postseason. We're just hoping they can do that again if you think that the Bucs are going to win it all. But if the Bucks do stay like this and they don't show up amazingly – They're absolutely not going to be able to go very far into the playoffs this year. Maybe win a game, maybe two. That's about it though. They're not going to go if they're this team.
0: I, I did a quick look through on lineups last year in passing yards. The Buccaneers ranked 21st in terms of passing yards against them this year. Like you said earlier, uh, they they're one of the worst teams in the league. They've tw- they're 26th in passing yards against but 31st in attempts and 32nd in completions. So I think they've actually, you know, they've depreciated a little bit so that is a concern. Uh let's let's get out of here really quick in, in just a second. A quick buy and sell
1: uh just of a team and overall who are you buying who are you selling? Uh I think I'm going to have to go with buying the Patriots. I think they had a very impressive outing against the Chargers today and I know it, it's it's weird but I'm going to immediately sell the Lions. And I'm only saying that because I did buy them last (laughs) week. So I'm just going to go ahead and dump them and just cut my losses as of right now. I guess I might buy the Saints as well, but I'm definitely my number one's going to have to be the Patriots.
0: Yeah, since you didn't take the Saints, I will buy the Saints because that was a really big win. Um, And you know what? In terms of selling... I don't know. It's really tough. Part of me wants to sell the Bengals just because if you lose to the Jets, like that almost feels like a warning sign. But then again, the Titans lead the AFC and they lost to the Jets. So um, I guess I'm going to sell in the Colts just because there's a chance that you make the playoffs at four and four right now. But if you're three and five, you've made that much, much harder for yourselves. Um, And then team. So we called scooch in scooch out team that improved their chances to make the playoffs.
1: I think the team that improved their chances of making the playoffs again is going to be the Patriots. I don't think that they're, it's not like I'm, you know, they're a lock to get in now that they've beat the chargers or anything, but I do think that they have increased their chances. If you can beat this chargers team, I think you have a pretty good shot of beating quite a few teams in the league. Uh, Maybe another team that improved their, improve their playoff chances outside chance, maybe the Niners, if they are on a, a lucky wild card and teams that fell off on their chances. Obviously you got to throw the Bengals in there. They're going to make the playoffs, uh, but losing to the jets, that's just kind of an embarrassing one. And Browns.
0: Yeah, no, the Browns are a good one. I think you took all of mine. Actually. Um, I'm going to take my team that, that hurt their chances to be, the, the uh the Falcons right like there's a case for you at three and three but then mm-hmm. you lost to the Panthers and just because I'm yeah. really lazy and you took like half of the teams that that had some sorry I kind of <laughs> rambled there <laughs> no you're fine I'm gonna take the Panthers just because I'm optimistic and if you're four and four maybe there's a chance and it's not the four and four that matters so much it's the two and oh in the division uh that matters and obviously they have a win over the Saints which is huge so I think it's the Panthers, even though I'm kind of with you. I know you said that this was the deadline for the Falcons not to win. I mean, excuse me, for the Panthers not to win another game, but it's also the Falcons, so I'm not going to crush you for it too
1: hard. I do think that there's a <laughs> chance that they go 4-13. and 13. Entirely possible. We'll just have to see, and maybe we can maybe we can predict that in our takes in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, that's our show, everybody.
1: Go enjoy Sunday
0: Night Football. I believe it's, uh, it may have started, actually, already. Did it start already, Tony?
1: Uh, I believe, yeah, it did. Vikings it did. Are up seven Min- nothing Minnesota- so far.
0: <laughs> Minnesota's <has a>
1: touchdown <laughs> the first three. Not minutes. a good look for me. Oh. Kirk comes oh, three, three for fifty-four yards and a touchdown already.
0: <laughs> you know what? That is good for you. You've always said that Kirk is is underrated.
1: I do love me some Kirk. That's a that's that's a, that's talk for a different day though
0: absolutely yeah it's a talk for another day because now we're preventing you from go seeing the action all right go check it
1: out guys we'll talk to you
0: on monday where we probably (laughs) we'll talk about the chiefs and the giants and we'll talk about the cowboys and vikings and good luck cooper rush thank you guys later (laughs) goodbye everybody